Tonight on Astro Zero Twitter Spaces, a very special guest is joining us. Um, we'll be talking about NFTs, um, substance abuse and recovery, um, uh, raising a child uh, with autism, um, just kind of shooting the breeze a little bit, getting to know each other and learning about each other's projects. And uh, just really glad to have you here. We got DW Brutal. So welcome here, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come talk to us in the community and uh, get us like to learn a little bit about you and what you have going on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, David. I'm excited to to be here. I've only ever done um, about two other interviews, and they were at the beginning, you know, of my journey here last year. So this is a good one. This one's I'm a little bit more foundation under me for this one today. All right, cool. Well, it's stress free. Just kind of have a conversation and uh, you know, just ask questions. Nothing to stress out about. So. Um, is, is DW brutal? Is that like your name or is it, is it docs or is that like an artist's name? Is it like a, a Dr. Seuss or is this like your, your legit like birth name? Yes, <laughs> definitely not a birth name. So that is, um, I joke, I jokingly tell people it means something different every time the DW, like, uh, I'll say, you know, today it might mean dead within or, uh, tomorrow it might mean like, you know, dubs winning like it, but it, I'll tell you what it really is. So let's see about two years ago, I became a full-time artist, uh, self-employed. And at that time we, my son and I, um, who Bodie, we, we started a YouTube channel and it was doodle with brutal. And what I was doing was, um, kind of wanted to like have a kid's art show. You know, I was teaching my son how to draw, and I thought, you know what, we could probably do this as a YouTube channel as well. Um, so that's what it was, man. Doodle with Brutal. But then what happened was, like, once I shortened it up and I kind of put that stamp on everything, like, you know, just for the sake of consistency. And, like, I dug it. It was, it, it was there was nothing like it. Um, just what, what with that? And then Brutal, um, you know, so my last name's Brewer. And Brutal was, like, my, my video game name. That was, like, my gamer tag you know, and, uh, it's a, and it goes good with doodle. Um, and then also is brutal. Like I'm a, I'm a big Viking guy, man. I love the lift weights. And, uh, and so it was kind of a play on words with both those. So are you still doing the YouTube channel with the doodle with brutal or no, no, like I want to keep that going, but like, God, dude, we're so busy in this space. I can't keep up with, with the projects I already have. So that's kind of died down. Uh, my son though, uh, Bodie's universe. He's a, he's a YouTube gamer. He's 11 and uh, we do do that stuff together. And I I'm in all the videos cause he's only 11. So, uh, I do that with him. I got to introduce you to, uh, one of my buddies. He, he has a pretty big, um, YouTube following. He, he was really big into Minecraft and now he does a lot of stuff that's like uh, family oriented. It's, it's called the Burt dad and he has like uh, 500,000 subscribers, but he's starting to get into NFTs now. So uh, I don't know if he's looking for people to collaborate with. Uh, do, do you have any? Uh, do you have any opportunities for people to do collaborations or partnerships with you? Or are you kind of just running the solo mission right now. Right now, it's 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 only solo because of time. You know what I mean? But like making connections and networking is one hundred percent important. So like, I would love to to meet whoever it is and chat. And um, collaborations are hard though. Like. I've unfortunately had to turn down some commissions and collaborations just because when you do, when you do any of that stuff, it, it put something's got to go on the back burner. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, with the life I already lead as, as dad and in real life responsibilities, when I get the time to tackle my own projects, it's hard to do other stuff, but man, I'm all about networking and meeting more people. Like it's very important. So now that art, is a full-time job for you do you do you basically do it seven days a week is it balanced into like a 40-hour work week schedule how, how does your day go from like start to finish on on a normal day where things are going like smooth at home with the kids and stuff like that yeah i like the way you worded that because uh because of you know covid life is like <laughs> not the normal day half the time it seems like and you never know when a kid's gonna be home but yeah, I'll tell you. So, um, my, my wife and I have been together 15 years, 12 years married. We're a good team. We got two boys. 
Uh, we also have a daughter, but she's 21 and moved out. So the boys are 10 and 11. One of them has autism. And so a typical morning, if I've, everything goes smooth Monday through Friday, um, they both go, one goes to school and my son with autism goes to therapy. He goes to therapy 40 hours a week. It's called ABA. So it's, it's therapy for autism. And they basically do his schooling, his therapy, uh, anything that we want help with. You know, they they even helped potty train when he was younger. Like, they'll do anything. Um, so he goes there 40 hours a week. And when they are gone, that's my set schedule for work. You know, so uh, I am stay-at-home dad. That's been almost two years. And when they're home, uh, that's my first job, you know. But when they're gone, yeah, like, soon as they're out the door, I hit the gym. Uh, I drop them off. I hit the gym. I try to do that five days a week. That's been a big part of my life since I got clean. Uh, and then as soon as I'm out of the gym, man, I'm I'm on it. And uh, and the the whiteboard on my wall is my is my uh, what do you want to say? Guides the day. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I share pretty openly with everybody in, in spaces and everything uh, when I talk. I, I'm also. Uh, I'm also in, I don't know if you're in a 12 step program like I am, but, um, I've, I've been in recovery now for 11 years. So, uh, thankfully, you know, one day at a time I'm able to, to get through this and, uh, it's, it was a real struggle at first and, and how you were saying with your whiteboard, do you kind of, um, did you find it easier to have some sort of structure when you, when you got into this and, and, uh, develop a routine in order to kind of help you along with your sobriety? Yeah, so there has to be a routine. Um, man, I'm going to be all over the place with this answer because I got a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, first of all, thank you for when you reached out to me that you openly told me that because when I first came into the space, I thought every, and this isn't against anyone because everyone do whatever they want in life, man. Like I'm all for that. Uh, but when I first came into the space, I thought like every Twitter space I was in was like blunts and crypto and NFTs. And I was like, and and some of my favorite artists were, you know, like taking acid and making collage work. And I and I I felt a lot of like I don't know if I'm gonna find that community here, you know. Um, you, David, and there's about three other people that have reached out to me specifically and said, Hey, I'm in recovery too. And I just want you to know that, um, and that you're not alone in the space. And like that really matters. And anyone that is in recovery from substance substance abuse knows why that matters to kind of like have a some teammates you know wherever we're at so uh, again i have no issues you know i can go into the blunts and crypto space and laugh because it was a big part of my life for a long time too it's just something i can't do today um and then to move into the next part of your question there as far as a schedule i didn't do that so i've been here one year now in nft i came in exactly one year ago at the end of January. Uh, so got my one year status here. And in the beginning, dude, like this shit is so exciting and so new and it's everything I love about life. It's, it's art, it's games, it's nerd shit, it's coding. It's like everything I love about life and one thing. So it was really like, I just kept going till I burn out, go till I burn out, go till I burn out my first like nine months here. Um, I wasn't until I hit the last wall in like November and I hit a pretty hard wall. And then, uh, you know, there was a lot of reasons I hit that wall, but like now I have a, a schedule, but for the first nine months here, I didn't do anything like that. It was just kind of all out, all out and all in, you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of had that too. When I first started really getting into, um, I, 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 I've been in crypto for a while, but really getting into like small micro cap crypto, cryptocurrencies um when i first started really getting into that at the beginning of 2021 um yeah it, it was just completely fucking chaotic to the point where um you know i would set alarms to wake up in the middle of the night in order to check my charts i'd sleep an hour and a half have an alarm go off set it for two hours wake back up and then I wonder why I'm tired all day, you know, like what, what the fuck am I doing to myself? So it, it took a little bit of time for me to get like a healthy balance. And I think it was like the downtrend in the market that actually kind of got me in that mindset. And I mean, I, I don't really like feel thankful about losing money and stuff at, at certain times, but it really did kind of like balance me out as a human being a little bit better. 
and I was able to kind of develop a crypto schedule. But uh, my my everyday life, like I, I definitely do have a schedule um, as far as like keeping myself right sized. Like I, I definitely have to wake up and I, I pray and I meditate and I, uh, you know, kind of just focus and try to hit that spiritual side before I hit the day because I, I don't really know what the day is going to bring me. And it's good for me to have like a good centered foundation before I really do, you know, get kicked in the pants by whatever might be in front of me, whatever obstacle I'm going to have to deal with. So I was just curious if that's how you kind of operated with things as well. But it's, uh, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's get into the NFTs though. You know, I, I, I want to, I do want to comment a little bit though on what you're saying, cause that's important. Yeah. So I think that it, me and you, I've been in recovery for seven years, you've been in for 11. So I think we both know that it takes a routine and, and I do pray the first thing I, the first thing I do when I wake up and sometimes it's really quick, like ultimatum prayer, like you have to pray before you can start checking charts. You know what I mean? And I did the same thing. Um, because I got into crypto a year before I got into NFT and I used to get up in the middle of the night, man, and, and do the same thing. And it's, and it's so, it's wild and it's exciting though, you know? And it's like, I've never been happier in my life than doing this for a living, but there is, so you know, for, for what I call a disease, you know, the disease of addiction that I have, uh, obsession and self-centeredness, you know, is the core of that. And crypto and NFT plays into that 100%, like very strongly. And it, and it even has a little bit of a, a gambling effect on my mind. So I have to have balance with, and I do, um, I do do 12-step meetings and I do the gym, the gym has been, the, I've been in the gym as long as I've been in recovery, uh, five days a week without, without a miss for seven years. And it's those two things, well, three things, prayer meetings and the gym have to be in balance or I'll, I'll be all fucked up. Yeah. Like, um, I could tell you like myself, myself personally, like I am a, a raging alcoholic and I absolutely love doing speed balls. And uh, that was like the two things that really kind of got a hold of me. And, um, you know, I don't have to have those things in my life to get addicted to something. It's my personality that really kind of throws me overboard. I could get addicted to anything. I could get addicted to work. I could get addicted to, you know, working on my car. I could get addicted to anything. It's it's For me, it's about finding that balance where I don't let that like completely overtake my life. So anything, anything, I, I just have an addictive personality. I, I suffer from the isms. It doesn't matter if it's alcoholism. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, me being a workaholic, what, whatever, whatever it is, like I, I suffer from it. And my brain just doesn't work right. So that's why I need a structured environment in order to actually carry on like a normal person. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of, it's kind of wicked how our, our brains work. You know, you, you think everybody's kind of the same with how uh, how their brain's structured, like with addictive personalities. I get addicted to sugar. I'll eat I'll eat a whole box of them damn donuts like your PFP without any problem and not even think about it. You know, like, that's how my brain works, though. Like you like they say, you know, um, uh, you know. Uh, wow, I just drew a complete brain fart. One's too many and thousands never enough. That's, that's what it, it is, man. Yeah. That I was going for, man. I can't believe I just <laughs> brain farted out there on that one. So um, I knew, it. I knew, <laughs> I knew where I was going with it, though. But um, let's let's start talking about the NFTs. How would you describe the type of artwork that you you do as far as your NFT work goes? Yeah. So this is gonna answer your question, but it's it's just like I got a lot of thoughts on it, you know. So what uh what happened to me in the beginning? Now, when we look at the what you put up for the the post my zombie head drawing okay that's like that's like my style that's dw brutal uh for sure 2d flat you know completely unique kind of artwork and what happened though in 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 people might really relate to this was i started to like so i came in with what i already did right as art but then when i got here i started looking at the market and what sells and i and then I think I let myself start trying to do things that I thought might sell versus doing things that I've already, that I'm good at and that I love, you know? And um, so then I started trying like all these different medias, you know, and, 
and learning new stuff, which is all good. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, I kind of lost track. And uh, so to answer your question, that zombie um, is my typical style. You know, it's like I sketch things out like a tattoo outline and I color them in like a coloring book, even with digital art. I don't, I'll use two brushes, three brushes in a, in a artwork. Even though I have a million tools in that program, I still draw like I have a pencil and a coloring book, you know? And uh, now obviously there's other things in my portfolio from trying all the different mediums that don't look like that. So I've done a bunch of other stuff, but when I recently hit that last wall in November, I didn't draw anything for two months. I didn't mint anything for two months. And when I came out of that, I really focused on like getting back to my roots. And uh, so my last two pieces are, are definitely Zach, you know, Zach Brewer, DW Brutal style, 100%. Do you, um, do you find a need to, to dox yourself and have your name out there? Um, I don't think I find a need to do it, but like, i definitely like the idea of doing that. I'm, uh, I think like, you know, Dave, you, you, and you'll know from recovery, like, I don't know, dude, I'm way too transparent and open book to, to not do that. And so like, I don't feel like there's any reason, you know, I see people get torn apart, but I don't have anything to hide. And so I don't, I don't see why I, you know, why I need to. I got you. Now you were talking about the the stylistic approach you go with making your your artwork. How you you said you kind of do it like tattoo style with the outline and then you color it in. Um, I saw on your TikTok that you have a, a tattoo chair and stuff in your house. Do, do you tattoo on the side or have you have you ever been like a have you ever worked in a tattoo shop? Yeah. So I was totally, and this is one of those things that, uh, um, well, anyway, I was doing that, and and at one point. Um, in the first year of self-employment, tattooing was part of it and it was totally in my basement and not in a tattoo shop. And then I definitely got some flack for that. And that's part of the reason I quit doing it. I was doing everything by the book and it as clean as you can be in a shop was definitely my, you know, my whole basement looked like Dexter, dude. I had plastic all over the place and, uh, you know, everything was studied for, for, um, blood pathogens, you know, I, I even, I took the course without taking the course, you know what I'm saying? So I was doing it right, but at the same time, I don't know. There's just like the community of tattoo artists that are even around here obviously did not like that. And at the same time, NFTs came into my life, dude. And it was like, I'd way rather do NFTs than have people over at my house and trying to schedule tattooing. And, uh, but I do love that man. And like, I really, you know, I could really see doing something like that. Um, but right now, I think NFT is the, the prime focus of my life. Not to say tattoos won't be in the future. Do you think that there's a, a place in the tattoo world for NFTs? And if so, how do you think they could be incorporated? Man, like on the spot, never thought of that question before. But my first thoughts would be, what a, what a market for tattoo artists to be able to find work to do on people. You know, I wonder, I wonder if there could be a platform or a market to buy um, pretty cheap stencils. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see why that couldn't be out there. I could picture a Tezos platform where it's like, buy these 50 designs for, you know, whatever price. And, uh, and artists could kind of use that as a way to get some of their stuff they didn't end up using. You know what I mean? They could just sell like, here's the sketches. I'm not going to do anything else with tattoo artists can buy this for cheap. Definitely. You know, the the first thing I thought of when I was thinking about this, because I did think kind of long and hard about this. So if if you're a tattoo artist, right, and, um, you know, your shop's closed because of COVID or whatever the case might be, you go into a tattoo shop and there's tons of flesh on the walls, right? And that stuff, it's not cheap. Like it, it costs money for the tattoo shop to get the flesh up there. So what if you're an artist and you draw Flash and then you sell it at like a fraction of whatever the Flash price would cost to tattoo shops, right? And then you just build in a royalty on it. And whenever somebody uses your tattoo Flash art to tattoo somebody, you get a percentage of whatever the tattoo is. 
and it would somehow be linked, and uh, that's how the stencil or something would print out. And I, I think that's a way where tattoo artists might be able to get into the blockchain and, and maybe do something as far as like flash art goes. Yeah, dude, I think so too. And I know a couple tattoo artists who are here in the space who, you know what, dude, I think they're literally juggling their career because the, the art they already make that doesn't always get tattooed, uh, they're able to do here. And there's some amazing artists, right, that are tattoo artists. And uh, I bet you they're juggling, like, are they going to do NFT or tattoos, you know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, I, I have lots of friends. I have several tattoos and I have lots of friends that used to do it. And I mean, there were times where these guys, they would make a ton of money in the summer when everybody's going to flesh their, you know, their beach pod and stuff. But winters were like rough for them and they wouldn't make shit. So to have like secondary income through NFTs now, I think like tattoo artists could really like really tear it up. Like it's, they're, they're already fantastic artists for the most part. So, I mean, you know, this would just be natural, right? And then you don't have to, you can do it right from your house. You don't really have to worry about going into work if it's snowing out and you know, just draw a couple of NFTs. And, I don't know. I, I think there's there's a platform for it somehow in, in Tattoo. I just don't know how it's going to get implemented, but it's going to happen eventually. Um, so when I was going through your link tree, um, you have NFTs all over the place, numerous blockchains, numerous marketplaces. Um Maybe you could give the pros and cons of uh, some of the blockchains that you're on and which ones you prefer over the others. I know you're on you're on Tezos. Is, is Hen Solana or is Hen on Tezos as well? Yeah, all Tezos. Now you got me wondering what's on my link tree, but let me uh, – well, well no, I, don't need to, I don't need to look at it, but <laughs> go ahead. What were you going to ask? Do you have anything on Solana or am no, I – No, no, I would love to. Yeah. So I got a lot of thoughts on this, dude. I got a lot of thoughts on this as a collector. Um, and I got a lot of thoughts on this as an artist. And so I'll try and just cut me off if I, if I don't shut up. Um, so yeah, like, well, when I first came in, right back in, back in February, March of last year, this, and, and I like came in at prime time, I feel like, and shit was less, a lot of things were just starting to kind of pick up speed. I think Hen was really hitting its stride. And then, and then they had a big issue um, and everything kind of got screwed up. But like Tezos were popping up. There was, you know, gas was cheap for Ethereum then too. And then um, all these marketplaces were kind of trying to pop up on different blockchains. I was even on a, what I thought was Binance's marketplace, you know, and um, I applied to it and all this stuff. And that ended up being like, false information but yeah so basically to answer the question i, I kind of tried everything i could at the time um i didn't fully understand where bigger money was and then you know where you, you've kind of got different culture going on on different blockchains that's what i've really discovered um i would say that ethereum is the oldest and it's the most established and it has the most money moving through it um, it probably has your biggest names on it right now. And it has, you know, the bigger curated platforms such as Known Origin, Super Rare, Maker's Place, and Foundation. Dude, when I got on Foundation, I felt like I just got accepted into, like, the biggest. At the time, dude, I felt like I got accepted into a museum. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was so excited. And, and I, and I wouldn't, and I still like looking back, I'm not discrediting that. It was the coolest feeling. Um, I was so happy to get that invite from, from someone I met in the space. And then, so when I started minting on there, I kind of saw like what that culture is like, that's different. Um, OpenSea at the time had a lot more regular art going on before the collectible PFP projects took off. So like, and you can lazy mint. So I really utilized OpenSea, I think, the most. And that's where I've had my most sales. And uh, today, I haven't sold anything on OpenSea. That's my typical regular art in probably three, four months because collectibles has taken over, you know, OpenSea. And that's that's okay. And um, that's there's there's the market for that, too, you know. And, and then when we talk about Tezos and Hen and Object and... Um, 
what's going on there. That's where, that's where like your, your fight club, dude, that was always my vibe with, with hen. This is the fight club of NFT. This is the underground cool market, you know, of like real artists and not to say there's not real artists everywhere in NFT, but like that felt like, you know, the kids I hung out with in high school. And so that whole thing, and and that's a whole different market. And it's a whole different approach and it's a whole different way to, to, to mint and like how you should build your community there. And like, I've really struggled on, on Tezos, honestly, but I love the vibe. Um, and then Solana, I'll say this and shut up. <laughs> Solana's like baby ETH. You know, I think that Solana's the next thing. Um, I think it might even overtake Tezos, even though there's such a such an established community there. I think that Solana's fast. I think that uh, it, 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 with the collectibles that are already happening on it, it just has the next step to be like Ethereum is right now. Well, we're opening up a marketplace very soon on Polygon, so don't sleep on Polygon either. Fantastic community. No. So let me let me just chime in on that. Um, I think Polygon, dude. When I when as far as crypto goes, Polygon's like always been my my baby. Like I've always, I've almost put more money into that than anything besides Ethereum. And uh, yeah, I think Polygon has massive potential. I think Cardano did. At one point, it just like the main marketplace kind of went away. And but yeah, I think Polygon, dude, once like because you look at cool cats dropping their cool pets and they're going to use Polygon to do all the transactions because they know. And then you've got Showtime and every. Yeah, that's that's the next thing, too, I would say. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, no problem. we got to plug ourselves a little bit once in a while, too. <laughs> so. So um, do you do other types of art, uh, like mediums, like photography and stuff like that? Or is it pretty much uh, you, you stick with uh, what most of your art is with um, you use what you what, what kind of programs do you use first off? Yeah, so um, I have the whole Adobe, you know, thing. But what I really started with was Procreate. Uh, well, I'm sorry. We back way up and I started with a Huayan. I don't know how to say that H U I O N pen and tablet and Krita, you know, Krita on the desktop. And those were my, I was a pencil sketch artist my whole life before, before addiction. And then after addiction, it was still, I mean, in once in recovery, it was still pencil sketching. And, uh, I got that tablet for Christmas one year and yeah, that was Krita and the Huayan tablet. And, Started with that. But once I finally was like making money through art, I bought um, an iPad with the Apple Pencil and Procreate, man. And that's like my baby, you know, that goes everywhere with me. That's my that's my favorite thing to use. I do have the whole Adobe shop and I, and I can do everything with that, too. Um, but to other go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, so so do you do photography and, and stuff like that as well? Or is it uh, is that typically what you do that you just described? Is that like your bread and butter? Yeah. So remember when I said that, like I hit this, okay. I got into a community of photographers and multimedia, um, multi, what's the word I want to say? People that just made stuff on everything. You know, there was, I got 3d render daily people I'm in a community with a lot of photographers. Um, and this is like six months into the space. I kind of like, I kind of was like, well, I don't know what I even want to do. And I'm worried about what's going to sell the most. You know, I really hit that spot where I was thinking more about what people would want to buy versus what I want to make. And that, and and for anybody listening that might think about that stuff, like if my story helps with that at all, um, uh, well, it's, it's important to do what you love, you know, and if people were buying what I loved in the beginning, I don't know why I let that, that happen. Uh, but anyway, I did start doing everything else. And what happened was I started doing photography. So when I told you I hit that wall in November, um, <laughs> I had this like really cool idea, right? So I'm thinking of marketing. I'm thinking of what people want to buy. I'm thinking of what I want to try. I have this nice camera. I've had a nice camera for a long time. So I'm going to break into this abandoned amusement park across the street from where I grew up. 
And man, and, and when I thought of it, I almost had FOMO about it. Like I'm going to do that right now. And I, and then I'm going to mint it and sell it for $10,000. And, um, so I, so I messed around with the camera for like three nights trying to learn how to do long exposures at night to get like photos. Right. Well, photography is way harder than one would think <laughs> or than I thought anyhow. So I, I, uh, I do like three nights of messing around and I'm like, yep, I'm going. So I get my buddy and, uh, we go break into this, uh, abandoned amusement park, you know, and it's, it was my first job. This place was my first job when I was 11 years old, right across the street from where I grew up. And, uh, it was so nostalgic and so cool. And I'm so happy I did it as illegal as it is. I'm so happy I did that. It was like one of the best memories of my life. It was super fun, but the photos were terrible. And I did get a couple really cool shots. And then I, and then I also messed around with a bunch of macro photography during like this whole month, you know, where I'm like thinking about doing photography. And so long story short, I go into this, I minted everything, <laughs> moved it from OpenSea to, to Calament, and then finally to uh, Object. Okay. Cause I really struggled with like, where my audience is even at. I was going through a lot of issues, you know, with like, where do you go? What do you do? How do you, you know, where is your people? And and so I put these photography finally on object. I go to this whale, I go to this like Tezo buying party, right? And I show them, I'm so, I'm so excited. I got these four Genesis, you know, Genesis DW brutal photography. And I'm like, yeah, these people are going to eat this up. And, uh, I, I, I present it to the people. They like mute me and put me down back in the audience and they talk about my work and like, then they decide if they're going to buy it or not. And like, none of them bought it. And I, it, and it was a, it was a good critique. It wasn't mean, but dude, I took it to, I took it to heart so bad. And that's when I hit these, I bought, you know, like my wife's a Buddhist when I found Paper Buddha's work, I fucking freaked out. And I remember running to my wife. I said, look at this art, you know, and uh, and I bought it on the spot. And then I bought I bought a lot of his stuff and I've sold a lot of his stuff for for decent profits. So that guy, that guy's like printed money right now. So anyway, um, <clears throat> he ended up having a tribute contest. OK, and that was like my first inspiration of 2022 was like, fuck yeah, I'm doing that. I'm going to do a tribute to Paper Buddha. I, I love him. I love his work. He's a cool guy. I want my name on his radar in, in some senses, even though we're already kind of friends in the space. But um, I wanted to do it. And that piece ended up being a dragon with UFOs. And I, I have no idea where I would find it to pin it right now. But it's on my object, at, and it sold out. Um, and that piece, though, was... It was fun. I was in the zone. It was my draw the outline, color it like a coloring book thing. You know, like it was like in my zone. And uh, that that brought me back, man. And um, do you want me to move on to the second piece? Did you have any comments or anything before I talk about the next one? No, hit us with the second piece. I got a lot more questions for you. So let's keep on trucking. Okay. So then the other one, the other second piece, this would be like my. Uh, this is like, what, what's the word I want to say? This is the best thing I've ever made in my life. This is the, the, what you pinned up at the top. It says on the, the pin, what you can see foundation drop, and it has the black and white big eyeball. Uh, that piece, I like, I blew my own mind with, you know? And when we talk about the, the zone and the flow zone of art and getting to my roots, you know, before I did this piece, I told myself, like, just do what you've always done. And what I've always done is black and white pencil sketch. And so of course this was in a digital format, but I had, I used, I think a total of three brushes in this project. And, uh, man, it was just like this, it was 13 hours of the zone. And every time I worked on it, I was just in love with my own work. And, uh, so yeah, this is this is my Mona Lisa so far, you know, and um, there's a lot about it too that I planned. So from studying Hey Ray just popped in to Hey Ray Salvo, I'm sure there's some other of my people in here. Oh yeah, Mano, Ian. <laughs> I just noticed some of my friends in the space. So 
Um, oh, I just totally lost my my train. <laughs> what was I saying, David? You were uh, talking about the Mona Lisa, and then yeah. uh, kind of like the flow that you were going with your specific piece of art, and how you were kind of, I guess, almost. Studying. I got it. You got it? Okay. Yep. Paper. So Paper Buddha, during studying him, I also like really realized how important it is to plan collections and to plan uh, like the whole, how it's going to be, you know, if this, if this collection is going to have 10 pieces and you know exactly how you want it to be, like, I think that matters because if that 10 piece collection goes down in history, um, you know, and it's, and it's just its own being, it's its own thing. So that's what I did with this. Um, I juggled where I was going to mint it for a while, but like my gut, I bounced a lot of stuff off Salvo in 3d Salvo right below us. Um, I bounced a lot of stuff off him between doing object or foundation. And after I finished this piece, I just, I felt in my heart, it needed to be a one-on-one and I wanted it to be, uh, a lot of money. You know, I, I couldn't budge on this not selling for minimum one ETH. And so I planned the collection and, and the whole idea. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing for it. And it's called Alice's Brew is the collection on foundation. Um, this is the first drop of Alice's Brew. This is called Drink Me. The whole idea of the of the collection is going to be a trip through like childhood stories um, and it has a lot of my drug use kind of intertwined into it. There's a bunch of mushrooms in this one, and it is all going to be kind of like almost taking drugs through my childhood stories. Um, and that's not to glorify it at all. It's just, it was a big part of my life and it, and it comes out in my art, you know? Um, I've also really always wanted to hide white rabbits in all of my work. And I haven't done that in too many things. I've done it in some things. Um, but this whole collection will have white rabbits hidden in them. This one's not hidden at all. It's sitting right on the eyelid. Yep. <laughs> uh, look, yep. <laughs> uh, and that's okay. I wanted that one to be prominent, but there will always be white rabbits in this collection. They, the next one's going to be a wizard of Oz kind of idea. They'll all be black and white possible touches of red. And yeah, so I planned this one, you know, the whole thing. It's really cool. I mean, the amount of layers in it from the from the mushrooms to the waves to the clouds and the in the iris of the eye to you know the white rabbits in there to the clouds. I mean, it's it's you could tell it it took a hell of a lot of time to get it done, and I, I think it's incredible. So, um, awesome job. Now, um, you have a collection that I kind of want to talk about um, the Ether Undeads. Um, you got some time to talk about these guys? Absolutely. Yep. All right. So can can you give me like a, a brief like a one or two minute overview of this project, um, just so I kind of understand and how you're gonna branch it out into a, a graphic novel eventually? I'm uh, I'm impressed by how much of my stuff you looked into, by the way, too, before interviewing me. I I appreciate it. That's my job. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. Like you you've looked into everything. So Ether Undead has been put on the the. Back burner, in a sense, it's still one of my three main projects, you know, and I'm not going to let that go. I've made commitments to people with that project. Um, what it's so the one to two minute quick sum up Ether Undead uh, was almost going to be like a PFP before there was like a lot of PFPs. It was going to be my zombie black and white sketch heads that turned into colored ones on foundation. That turned into like this, oh my God, I had I had this three-day earache and all I was doing was listening to Twitter spaces and I had the jury epiphany of what I could do with them. You know, so um, I designed characters, I made the city, the map, I wrote the book, uh, well, like the rough outline sketch of the, the graphic novel is written. Um, it is a story, the superhero is an addict um, who gets powers that he doesn't want. You know, he doesn't even want to have the powers, but he gets them, but he's still an addict and then uh, kind of has the change of heart to save the city from the undead. And yeah, so it's just a, it's a little story I've made. I wrote the whole thing out. It's not nearly, it's probably not even a quarter drawn. Um, but yeah, that's one of my main projects. It does have like people that invested me in me early on. Um, I, I've made promises to for when that sells, you know. And, you know, some of the, the kickbacks they'll get from that. 
Um, yeah, so like, and I'm hoping to be able to merge into like an NFT comic book platform to launch that at some point because I'm assuming there already is that or there will be more of that coming. Well, I, I don't know if there's necessarily a platform, but there are definitely people doing comics and NFTs. I've interviewed a few of them, and uh, there's some really, really kick-ass stuff going out, like graphic novel-wise, and, and just like little mini comic strips as well, like you would see in like your Sunday morning newspaper. Like I, I've seen, like it's crazy how things are just happening like so so rapidly in this space. Um, we, it, I read also that the, some of the royalties from that specific project you're going you're going to uh, donate to the rehab center that kind of got you clean and sober now, huh? Yeah, dude. So I have project. All of my projects will end up doing that, and I and I cannot wait to hand that rehab a big fake check that's backed by real money, of course. But like one of the like on a TV show, and I'm gonna you know hand them a huge oversized check videotape it and give back you know i want to give back to the recovery community and i'd also like to help with the autism community in all of my projects you know those are those and, and that one specifically like when that comic book finally finishes and comes out and let's say i sold you know in my mind it's like we sell ten thousand copies of it for pretty cheap yeah a definite cut precision uh percentage will be going to them for sure yeah, my uh, my true goal with um, cryptocurrency and um, you know investments that I do here, uh, the primary goal that I want to do is I, I want to start um, a five hundred one c three charity organization to help people um, that are recovering from alcoholism and drug addiction get back into the workforce because um, I know how difficult it is. Not myself personally. I've never been arrested, thankfully, but I, I've had a lot of people that I've encountered and a lot of people that I talk to on a daily basis through AA and stuff that, you know, they get a felony on their record because they made a mistake or they, uh, you know, suffered from an addiction similar to many people in the world. And now it's just they can't get a job because they have a felony on their record. And it's really shitty. And a lot of people end up falling back into the same spiral that they were they were caught in in the first place, whether it be from depression or you know lack of lack of self-esteem or just they give up and i think it's uh it's something that we're not really focusing on too much in this country for people with addiction you know because these rehab they make so much money you know and unfortunately that's a business too so i don't want to get into conspiracy theories so i'm not going to but you know it's 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 a, a revolving door for a lot of people and i think some people just need a little bit of a hand you know, and that's that's what the main goal for myself is um, when, you know, when things get good with the market. Uh, abs absolutely, man. And I want to tell you real quick, not to take too much away from our uh, this stuff, but it's important. Right. My I worked in recovery for two years, too, man. I worked as a recovery coach and a good, good friend of mine. You know, we're great friends to this day. He was a recovery coach as well and a roofer. And man, we used to brainstorm. I ran a class called Fresh Start, which was exactly what you said. I, I would help people who just got out of prison try and figure out what they could do to get a job. I would I would actually had um, community jobs such as like mosquito control and stuff that we had a contract with that I you know they knew I was coaching this person and they would hire them as long as they were meeting all these requirements. Well, what I wanted to tell you was the the good friend of mine. He ended up making a roofing company where he hires people in that exact situation. And they get, you know, at minimum works for him for one year, which puts that on their resume. You know what I mean? So now they've got uh, at least some job history after prison on their resume. And not only that, dude, he gives them like raises if they take, you know, classes to be a better parent. Or they go to all of, you know, they, they finish drug court or whatever. He'll give them raises in their job based off being better in their recovery, dude. And it's like a really cool idea and, 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 and something that I would want to do, too. So I hear you 100%. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's what a long-term goal is for myself. Um, hopefully it happens. You know, we just need we just need the market to start creeping back up. We're almost there. Um, so do you feel like as an artist that produces piece by piece as opposed to 
like giant generative art collections, do you feel like there's less pressure put on you where you don't necessarily have to abide by a specific roadmap with uh, doing what you're doing? And you could kind of just, um, if today I want to draw a piece with the white rabbit and the eyeball, and then tomorrow I want to just draw a zombie. Like, do, do you feel some sort of freedom in that with NFTs as opposed to people that are just kind of married to a specific project and they have to just keep doing uh, alterations of a specific, like, PFP? Well, that's a hard question to answer, man. Like, no, for me, because of the pressure I put on myself. Um, I think that, and this is just my opinion, you know, but I think to survive here now once everything starts to change and the big names come in and and we see a market shift in nfts um i think you're gonna i need to stay on my game you know and i've even made my own roadmaps for myself and uh those three projects that i that i have i try to that they're they're what's on the whiteboard you know what i mean so yeah essentially nobody else is putting pressure on me um and i could I do have like the white rabbits, Alice's brew. That is my freedom and there is no pressure for that. And I can do that whenever I want. And those do not need to sell, you know, to provide for anything in my life. Um, Those are like my complete creative freedom, but the rest, you know, like I stick to a roadmap I've put on myself and I want these things to um, be consistent and, you know, whether people are expecting them from me or not, I feel like they are. And uh, and as long as that's healthy, I'm good. You know, I, I definitely have done that to an unhealthy point where I crashed and burned, you know. So I hope that answers what you're asking. Yeah, it does. Um, we're talking to DW Brutal um, about anything and everything from addiction to raising a child with autism to NFTs to just picking our brains about charity work and uh, so on and so forth. So if you guys could, um, while we're all here, please send them a follow on Twitter um, and check out his website, dwbrutal.com, and you can find the links to all of his artwork. Um, You're working on, you were talking to me the other day that you're working on building your Discord up. How's that coming along? Yeah, so this is going to, with everything I just said, this is going to be kind of funny, right? So. When I, what were we just talking about? Like, well, what I'm actually working on now, and this will be the first time I'm announcing it. Um, And I have a Discord that's for like DW Brutals, one of one art, and and that and that man, those are hard to maintain. Like, Discord's really for collectible projects, communities that are involved, you know, with PFP collectible projects. And before I I guess before I talk about what I'm working on, I want to say that I went through a huge problem in NFT space where, well, if we back way up, I bought a board eight and I sold it for $300 profit. And when that took off, I was like, fuck PFPs. <laughs> and that was really out of being super salty, envious, angry, and jealous that I just sold you know, what's now worth $300,000 floor for, you know, 300 bucks. And, and I was really like, you know, I'm only supporting the one of one artist and, or not one of one, but you know, artists, not collectibles. And long story short, that did not stay the case. About a month after that, I, I fully degen aped into some other projects and they ended up being very lucrative too. And from the profits I made from those, I was able to buy more art from artists and they go hand in hand for me, but I think there is a big, there's a big barrier in the space. And, you know, I'm in group chats and I'm around people that are really angry at the PFP collectibles for quote unquote ruining the space for them but i this is just my opinion and i and i guess i'd like to say and see what you think too is they're comparing things that aren't the same and you know it's like comparing pokemon to van gogh and nfts aren't just art 
hate that statement or love it. It's it's the truth. NFT is a non-fungible token. And art just happened to have Renaissance 2020 because of NFTs, which is the coolest thing that's ever happened to any artist in, in, in my life. Uh, but it is not just art, you know. So there is a community of people and a bigger community of people probably that want the collectibles. You know, it's like more people own Pokemon than they own the one-of-one artist at the local art shop. And that's just the truth. It's not like, you know, I'm not on either side. So all that being said, I'm starting a PFP project. <laughs> and uh, and I'm so happy I'm doing it. And I'm having so much fun with it. And I'm doing it with my son. And and I trademarked it. And I, I got my LLC done for DW Brutal. And we trademarked the name of the project. And uh, it's going to be called Vibe Knots. And they're little cute astronauts, little, little like uh, boy and girl astronauts. And like, it's just, it's so much fun, dude. And my kid is, my 11 year old boy is uh, number two on the team, you know, and, and we're doing that, you know, and whatever happens with it, sell out, don't do anything. It's like so much learning and so much fun for both of us. And uh, yeah, so that's like the big announcement for what's next for me. That is the one of the three projects that I'm doing. So. That's going to be awesome working with your kid and doing this stuff. Um, who's that, your oldest that you're working with? Oldest son? Yeah. Yeah. So my older son, you know, goes by the nickname Bodie um, with his Bodie's universe. He He's not my son with autism. My son with autism can't. He's like nonverbal, you know, and, and couldn't do that with me. But my older son, he is a YouTube streamer already, a gamer. Um, and he makes, he draws, you know, and he made like risky rats. And he's got a a hen page and he's sold a few things here and there. And, you know, and like, I bring him into everything I do, man. Like I'm a fully involved dad. And like, of course he's going to be in my world. I've even given him, you know, some Solana to go shopping on magic Eden and stuff. And, uh, so yeah, we're going to do that. And we've been like brainstorming all the accessories they're going to have. And we've made a bunch and, um, we're also doing like, so he's a Roblox, he's 11, right? So he's like Roblox and Minecraft and, and so we're starting our little Roblox community for Vibe Knots, and we're going to have a Minecraft server for Vibe Knots. So there'll be like these back channels that he can run and, and really like do the YouTube channels for and stuff and uh, be a major player in, in the whole project. So it's really cool. That's really awesome. I mean, getting the family involved. Uh, I don't know if he's down there, but a friend of ours, Dustin, I don't think he's down there right now. But his whole family's involved in NFTs. Like his, his daughter, both of his daughters, his wife, they all have like separate NFT projects. And like I've interviewed the entire family, every single person in the family from like a 12 year old girl all the way up to like the mom and the dad. They're really like kick ass people that, uh, you know, I, I like seeing that because this is, this is going to be the future for like the kids nowadays and the, the younger we can get kids into nfts and and have them understand like how this works we're going to be opening up jobs in blockchain technology we're going to have people going to school getting phds in like nft art or whatever the hell they're going to call it i don't even know what they're going to call it in colleges and stuff like that but there's going to be colleges strictly like where there's an art college, there's going to be like an NFT college, and it's it's really going to happen. Like we're going to see this, and I I'm I'm super excited about it. But it's going to become the norm for like our children. That's that's pretty badass shit, man. Like that's super. I'm psyched about that. Like, and and just think, we're the ones that that like started this whole thing. So when our kids act like a bunch of assholes when they get older, you can just kind of tell them, you know, I started you up in this business. You, I'm the reason why you're rich. But <laughs> it's, it's just kind of funny how the whole thing works, you know? Yeah, dude, we, I was talking about, uh, you know, like uh, we should make a meme that you teaching your kids finances. Listen here, son, you're going to need a couple apes, a couple aliens. You're going to want to diversify your portfolio. You know what I mean? This is, this will be our... <laughs> Go grab a cool cat. Go get a <laughs> Yeah. Just crazy how that whole thing goes. Now, um, ha before before you got into NFTs, did you do like physical art galleries at all, or um, you never did anything like that? Nope, nope. So I would tell you if we backed up a little bit into my story, uh, pencil sketch filled books of my own work. You know, eventually I want to put that stuff out too. But 
uh, work for me and myself. I had like a couple friends with my stuff on their walls that was never sold. Um, I didn't, and then, you know, addiction took over my life from 20 to 27 and I, I didn't draw for seven years, you know, uh, hands down. There was, there was nothing involved with that. I was too stuck in, in my addiction. And, um, about two years into being clean, I would say like 2016, you know, I remembered what I like about life and art was one of those things. And I picked it back up, but again, it was just for myself. And it wasn't until 2019, 2020 that I sold my first piece of art for, for money, you know? And, uh, so yeah, man, I'm definitely a noob. You know, when I look at people like Ray, Ray, that's there with a tiger PFP, when I look at people like her, you know, that's where I really get like, I really struggled for a while if I even belonged to her, you know what I mean? But like, there's so many aspects to this that is just all me. Um, the fact that I haven't been in galleries and stuff, it, it used to mess with me. And when I compare myself, it does too, but no, I haven't, man. You know, this is, this is digital art is like three, four years for me. Now you can do virtual galleries, which are fucking badass if you've been in any of those. Have you visited any virtual galleries yet in like Metaverse? Oh my God. Yeah, dude, I have an Oculus and putting on VR and going into on cyber is like the coolest experience I've found in this whole space. And anyone that has the ability needs to check it out because the work is massive, right? You've done it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible how it's set up. I've, I've been to both physical art galleries. Like I, I live right outside New York city. So I would always have like people drag me into art galleries, even though it was never really my thing. I pretty much just went for like the, the alcohol. And uh, that seems like a good enough reason to go to an art gallery for me back then. But uh, yeah, but coming coming into like the virtual space and like walking through like you have on cyber and, um, you know, spatial and stuff like that's fantastic. I, I really like dig it, man. Some cool shit. Dude, when they're done right, when the when the person who puts the gallery together has the right pieces with the right dimensions and stuff, when you're in there and looking up at them, it's it's pretty amazing, man. It's like looking at a 15 foot tall piece of art. You know, VR is crazy. Yeah, so um, we're getting close to the top of the hour, but I'm going to just ask you a few more questions before we wrap up. And um, this is one that I wanted to ask you. I'm kind of glad that we kind of bridged into this. You have a collection called Elements, and it says that you do um, you created it in VR art. So what did you do? You put an Oculus on, and you kind of just drew on a template in the VR space, and then you rendered it, and then you uploaded it into NFTs? Is that how this works? Yeah, dude. So check this out. So these are what these are as far as uh, these aren't like when I said I have three projects, I guess I maybe have four because these are just something fun I do uh, that have been successful. Like I did great. They have my most volume on an Ethereum um, collection that I've done. And now they're on Tezos. I've, I, I didn't move any of the old collection, but anything new that's minted is on Tezos now for elements. But anyway, um, it all started on PlayStation 4 virtual reality, actually. And I do have it on Oculus now, but I didn't have it at the time. And so I go into virtual reality and anyone that's ever done this will know. But if you don't know, um, my hand has virtual brushes in it and you can change the brushes just like digital art. Right. So now, like, oh, my God, it's so fun. So I feel like Tony Stark, you know, creating an element. And that's why I named him this, because in VR, I can make this sphere, right? Of uh, and If you look at the elements, you'd know what I'm talking about. But I'll make this sphere, and I can shrink it down and hold it in my hand in virtual reality. Or I can blow it up massive and stand inside of it like it's a house. And like, so that's how I make these things. Typically, I start with a sphere or a square. And then I blow it up huge and I just start going wild. Like if you saw me and I have videos of me doing it, I'm just like dancing and painting the sky, you know, and I'm painting the sky with different brushes and then I'll shrink it down and I'll add stuff to it and then I'll blow it back up and I'll put hidden stuff in it, you know, that nobody could even see unless they had like the virtual reality on and they could like load this back in, um, which I never figured out. But yeah, anyway, I'll put hidden stuff in it and it's like, so it's just, it's like, uh, I'm creating, and then when you look at it, okay, after I create that huge thing, I can move around in and spin around and all this stuff. What I do then is take 
like hundreds and hundreds of photos of that element from different angles. And then I pick like 20 that I love and that's what gets minted. How crazy, huh? Jeez. Like I, yeah, dude, they're fun. They're the that, funnest thing I do. That, that kind of like, it, it's, it's mind blowing. that <laughs> You can do stuff like that. I, you know, and, and like, we're just scratching the surface. Like things are going to get so much cooler as time goes on, like with metaverse and just the crazy shit. The only thing that I fear is that people are going to try to start driving their cars with Oculuses on and we're going to have mass car accidents and pileups because they did it with the fucking Pokemon Go. So I could I can't imagine what's going to happen with car accidents in the near future or people walking across the street getting hit by taxi cabs out here in the city because they got their VR headset on. I saw people in the airport wearing them. It's it's just a matter of time before it gets even crazier. So. That's uh, I'm I'm a little concerned about that, but other than that, man, like the the sky is the limit. Especially like I I'm a musician, so for for myself, um, really excited about doing like virtual concerts and virtual live sets, and really could do it like right from my house. I don't have to worry about renting you know studio space or going to a club and you know carrying gear around. That's the biggest pain in the ass about being a musician is moving your transporting your gear and moving drum sets and shit like that. That shit sucks. I can just leave it in the house now and play in the play in the metaverse. So excited about that. Um so what's what's been the most difficult thing about transitioning into NFTs for you? Um when you first start I made a lot of mistakes and lost a bunch of money because I didn't understand wallets and gas fees and um, locking up the wallet to transactions because I was trying to edit the gas and stuff myself. And like, lost a, I lost enough money that might stop somebody. You know what I mean? Like when I first did everything, I lost like probably three, four or $500 in my first couple of weeks, just trying to figure shit out. And it's like, that could be such a barrier for somebody, I think to be enough to like, Oh, I'm done with this. And I'm so glad I, I didn't stop. Um, that was hard. It's a lot of, but you know, I'm also like an old school, I used to write HTML and build websites that way. So like it was right up my alley. Um, but I got over that barrier. The other barrier would maybe be trying to build community and, um, establish a name, you know, especially now there's just so many people coming in every day. Um, but really dude, like, I guess when you first asked me, I almost said nothing because um, it's been nothing but excitement, you know, besides the few walls I've hit, it's just like the best time of my life for sure being here. So that might answer what you're asking though. Yeah, it does. Um, and my last question for you before we wrap up, where do you, where do you see your, your project or project? Better yet, where do you see yourself one year from today? And, um, what do you think you're going to be? doing as far as uh nft work i think this will be the best answer to tell you is <clears throat> for about nine months on you know that whiteboard i mentioned next to where i work every day you know i put a lot of work in here i was just showing my wife um you know my analytics and how much time i spend on discord twitter and um you know just everything in general that's grown um you know, right next to where I sit and work on my whiteboard on a little piece of paper taped to the side, I read it every single day and it says, I will achieve complete financial freedom and be successful in the NFT space. And I 100% believe that. And I read it every day for a reason. And, you know, I, I want to, uh, without ego, you know, I want to establish myself here long term. I want my name to be known. And, uh, and not for a fame or anything sense like that, but this is what I want to do, you know, and, it, and if all my projects failed, which I don't feel that at all, but if they did, I'll be working in NFT no matter what, like, this is all I want to do. It's the combination of everything I love about life, um, in one spot. And so I'm here to stay. <laughs> and as far as my projects, I feel so good about them. And I've, and now, excuse me. <coughs> Now, after I've restructured how I approach everything and making sure it's fun and that I can be in the zone, I don't think I'll have the issues anymore, you know? So the PFP collectible project with my son is going to be fun. And the, the foundation collection is my zone. 
you know, so I'm not going to be doing things that um, are for the wrong reasons. Yeah, well, you know, I wish you the best of luck. Um, I want to thank you for coming out here for more time than you really had to and talking to the community and telling us what you have going on. Uh, I can't wait to see your other installments of your Alice project. I think they're going to be really, really interesting to look at, and I want to see how many white rabbits I could find and how well you hide them, see if I could get those little Easter eggs, and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Ether Undead picks back up. I would really like to see what you got going on as far as, like, a graphic novel goes, and, uh, you know, wish you the best of luck, and I, you know, wish you the best as far as your journey with sobriety, and, you know, I, I want to commend you on how, how much you changed your life for the better and uh, how it's really benefiting your family. And now you, you kind of with a clear head, you can see that the most important thing is your family and taking care of your child. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to tell you, tell you all those good things. Like you, you're on the right path and uh, I'm I'm proud of you, man. And uh, thanks for coming out here and talking to the community and letting us know what's going on in your life. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. This was like really good. I could do, I could talk your ear off for two more hours, man. Like, uh, I really enjoyed this. I enjoy your approach with me, man. And I, and I appreciate the kind words and giving me a platform with some of your community. I literally followed like everyone who retweeted the post and there was a bunch of people I haven't interacted with yet. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm all about building that. And thanks again for the opportunity. This is great. And if ever in the future, man, in six months, want to touch base again, I'm all, all about it. Yeah, I would love that. You know, I do this seven days a week, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll touch base again. We'll see how the progress is going. And I would, I would love to have you back here. And, you know, don't be a stranger. I do this uh, weekdays, 7 p.m. Uh, every day and weekends at, at 12 p.m. They kind of got a little fishy, so I kind of had to switch this to 7 p.m. tonight. But, um, yeah, whenever – if you see us in spaces, uh, don't be shy. Stop on by and uh, come up and say what's up. And, wow, that rhymed. That was really corny as fuck. Uh, but, yeah, dude, uh, thanks a lot for stopping by and talking to the community. Um, tomorrow at 12 p.m., we have an awesome artist. Uh, his name is Pika, and he's from Tunisia, and he does some really good, like, portrait work. So. Uh, anybody that's here that could stop by, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll have that pinned in my profile after this. And uh, Zach, thanks again, man. It, it was a really uh, great time talking to you. Uh, 